Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Because that's what it does now. Thank you, COVID. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 31 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Tyler Darby. Welcome, Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started? Um. All right. Yeah. I've been narrating coming up on three years real soon, May-ish, June-ish, something like that. And I got started back in just before COVID in 2020. Uh, I was a middle school special ed math teacher. And I, uh, during the summers, I, I like to have something to do when I was teaching. And like, so one summer I worked for my buddy as uh, trimming trees. Another summer I worked at a Jersey Mike's for a buddy of mine, just to keep, have a little money on the side and to kind of keep busy during the summer. Uh, but this summer I had moved and I didn't really have the same group of friends to kind of call on and I was bored. And so I was like, I, you know, I'll buy a mic, you know, I've always wanted to do voice acting. I'll see if there is actually anything there. And I bought a cheap mic and watched some YouTube videos and made a little silly demo, uh, you know, and <laughs> put a bunch of foam up in a closet and started auditioning on ACX back when ACX actually was working a lot better three years ago. Not to get into all of that, but it's just not, it isn't as productive as it used to be, sadly. Um, and yeah, I immediately got on with like, almost immediately got on with this production company that was giving me 150, ooh, are we allowed to talk money a little bit? I'm not going to go too wild into it, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it's interesting when it comes down to the, to the money, how sometimes people think. People clam up so hard on They that. do. And it's a bit, you know, and, and it's, and I understand, you know, but at the same time, there are industry standards, you know, thanks to Sagafra. Um, and also sometimes having these conversations. Well, I am not SAG after yet, so yeah. I am under no no <laughs> pressure. I'll say what I want. <laughs> well, I mean, the misconception uh, of books costing five, you know, by billions of dollars, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot that kind of goes into it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I started off at a for me what felt like a whole lot of money at the time, one hundred and fifty dollars per finished hour. Uh. And they were just like, hey, you finish a book, we'll give you another book. And so I was like, oh, that I quit. I quit teaching. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I called up pretty much immediately. I was like, I will not be coming back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was great for uh, up until about Christmas. And then uh, that production company dissolved and sold out to another company. And then I was back to... Uh, auditioning and I didn't have a job <laughs> oh. and so uh, I subbed for a while trying to make ends meet you know trying to get everything together and about the time I started getting back into having some regular work was that spring break when COVID hit oh. and so it was really wildly good timing for me I finally started having enough money to barely make ends meet at the exact same time where I was absolutely unprepared or unwilling to go back to school uh, and sub at that point. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's how that, that's kind of a long story, I guess, but that's how I got started. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, teaching is an admirable profession, but Thanks. my God, the things that you guys have to put up with. Um, I wanted to be an English teacher when I was growing up and started to take the courses in, in you know, in early high school, you know, like the AP courses and stuff like that to get my, you know, classes in yeah. early and things like that. And then as soon as I graduated high school, I started working for a school in middle school mm-hmm. as a um, front desk receptionist and office manager. And I quickly learned, I was like, yeah, no, not for me. Sorry. There's, it's changed. And there's so many different things. It's an admirable profession. And I admire teachers. I mean, I'm married to one, but it's hard. It's really, it really hard. It so, is hard. Yeah. And I had come, I've been working with special needs since I was about 16. And I'd been, I'd worked, I kind of was coming from the private sector. I'd worked at uh, summer camps and I'd done uh, at-risk youth guides, outdoor wilderness guide things. And, you know, working with the ARC, I think that's defunct now, but at the time. And just, and then, so I was like, well, I'm not making any money on these gig, this gig work. I want to work with kids and I want to make it my profession. And so I got all my certifications thinking, oh, it's going to be different as a sped teacher because (laughs) because obviously this is a special education and I need to have all my IEPs and therefore by IEPs are your individual education plan. God, we're not talking about in books right now, but um, (laughs) uh, but uh, yeah, my and I just wasn't long story short. It wasn't. It was the same rigmarole, only worse that every and I'm and all all I got out. It was frustration that no one was like taking my kids seriously. And uh, yeah, so. (laughs) Yeah, again, very admirable. So many things can go into it. And I'm sure you can probably have an entirely different episode on on what we should be doing and, and being grateful yeah, for. Yeah, an teachers. educational, absolutely. Yeah. We could have an education podcast. I could talk four hours. Hours, on. yeah. I know a couple of other people too, so it'd be a great episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but since you've been doing this, it's an interesting time frame that you kind of came into it because the while audiobooks were in, in the right trajectory as far as going upward in popularity and even from a business perspective, before the pandemic hit, it skyrocketed. Like yes, nobody's I, business around I, the I pandemic. I just lucked out. That's I have nothing else to say mm-hmm. about it other than I just got I got super lucky on this one. Um, I will say, I, in my defense, it is after a string of professional failures over the course of my life. So, uh, I I I picked myself up and got up enough times that one finally stuck. You know, <laughs> so that, and- there. there it, I didn't, it didn't happen at, at, at 20 for me. You know? No, but you know what they say? It's, you know, you kind of, when they, something kicks you down, you go, fuck, and you, you know, dust it off and you get back up again and then you keep moving I mean, that's forward. my whole thing. Fa- yeah. I, the greatest people on the planet will tell you that they have failed more, per- more, they have failed more times than the average person has tried. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, yeah. so that's, if you want to be somebody, mm-hmm. anybody, then you better be ready to accept that failure is a part of that process yeah and then how to learn to 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 move on from that failure and learn something different and if you're making yeah. the same yeah, mistake. if you fail then it wasn't meant for you exactly it, yeah it's, it's it's just the universe letting you know that there's something mm-hmm. different for you because i i tried a park ranger pilot i have a rancher the list goes on and on and on as the <laughs> as teaching obviously as yeah. the as pizza delivery boy it goes on and on and on, and on, and on. <laughs> well now you have all the genres already and the tropes already set up for success. oh yeah there you, you go cowboy like... <laughs> yeah, yeah i haven't been a mafia don i haven't done that so okay. 
So I'll that's have to work on more that, research on that one, but not. Yeah, yeah. I don't theory. know if I want to get in organized crime just for the method approach to my acting, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. But you know, there's a lot of research the library can help out with. That's for sure. Yeah. There uh, you go. <laughs> I'll just watch Goodfellas three or four times in a row. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but aside from the, you know, when it comes down to kind of researching anytime that you do have a new gig um, and you're learning a new career aspect of things, um, did you do any kind of like learning about audiobooks in this genre within romance, some of the other stuff that you do while you started kind of rising okay, up the ranks and is, getting them? This or? is probably going to be a controversial thing I'm about to say. Um, I specifically made an effort not, I used to listen to some audiobooks. And was I wouldn't say voracious, but I, I I'm a reader, mm-hmm. and I actually stopped listening to audiobooks so that I would imitate nothing and no one. I, mm-hmm. I know that's like I don't know. It sounds I actually, don't know how it sounds, but no, uh, I think a lot of people, do, even authors, don't write or read within their same genre when they're writing books because of that fear of potentially. I don't want to be, I don't want people to be like, oh, you know who he sounds like. I don't. No, 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 no. And so, mm-hmm. and I. I I just wanted it to, to ha- kind of do it my own way. And if that was successful, then then that then I would know it was working. If not, then I'd try another approach. But it it was successful for me. So I haven't really listened to what other people do. Couldn't tell you. But I think I think before we started recording something about theater background. Oh, like yeah. That, yeah, so. yeah. All the way up until college, I did theater sixth, fifth grade until college. I did theater consistently and then i was like oh i gotta be an adult and adults don't have <laughs> acting jobs <laughs> uh, yeah. and so Two years forward and, here you go yeah, with the mic <laughs> over a decade just being miserable because i had some ridiculous idea that i wasn't supposed to be acting uh, that the grown men don't act you know yeah. well I, I gotta say i graduated i stopped in about 2001 that's how dating myself that's how old i am uh and it was there wasn't like I couldn't just build a, a a studio in my house. Like it was like go to L.A. and I wasn't aware of the anime scene in Dallas. Uh, so I, if I had been, that might have been an opportunity for me. So I was just like, okay, so am I moving to Hollywood now? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna live in my car and move to Hollywood. And I was like, okay, well then, get a big boy job. Yeah, they don't do that when you're in school. I've said it several times before. Like when you're in high school. And the question of what do you be when you want to grow up comes up. It's never, it's always a traditional doctor, lawyer, educator, nurse, blah, so on and so forth. No one tells you that you can make a living off of taking photos for book covers or yeah, they, they graphic really design wanna, work, you know? They want to pretend like the arts is a, like an elite and incredibly difficult uh, line of work to get into. And I mean, I, I mean, any career career field will take effort, talent and skill, but it's just like anything else. Like you if you if you love it, if it's your passion and you're you have talent, Jesus, please have talent. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a big part of it. it. But if you have those things, then there's jobs. There's jobs. Yeah, there's I mean, work. totally. It's like oh, what I can get paid to edit a book and I can get paid to. To be the assistant of the photographer taking the photo of the of the sexy guy. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Did not know yeah. any of this. You yeah. Know? Exactly. And that's the other thing is like uh, you know there's there's jobs within the the industry that aren't like if you just love the industry 
yeah, I would, I, I have so many friends that are like looking for work. And yet in our industry, we are constantly looking for editors. Yeah. There's just not enough editors. Oh, and these God. guys get paid $980, $90 an hour to, to edit this stuff up. It's not a crap position, but no one's aware. That all nice. you have to do is build a stack and spend 45 minutes listening to somebody do an audio book, which you do anyway. Right. And like people are going to pay you bukus for that. I know. That's definitely one thing I've been talking to some of the like my niece and stuff. And even though when I've been brought into back to high school to do some conversations about careers, it's one of the first thing I said, I go, you can get paid a good, you know, 75 to 90 dollars per hour to edit an audiobook that ranges between eight hours to 25 sometimes, depending on the author. Yeah. Uh, and you're and everybody's like, no. And I'm like, yes. And, <laughs> and in like, demand and demand. People yes. come right. If you're doing it for $75 an hour, you're going to have more work than you know what to do. With. Oh, God. Yeah. No, yeah. And I'm also a firm believer that if you just start, don't bust out with the $9, $9 yeah, an yeah, hour. You'll get to 90. You'll get, you to, get 90. to 90. You'll get yeah. there. I promise you soon enough, you'll get there. Yeah, as soon as you get good and a few people yeah. who like you, 90 is what you'll be asking for. In no oh, time. yeah, exactly. So these are the things that they never talk about when we're younger. And yeah, so they give I, you like 12 options. Right, right? <laughs> like, like military. I'm like, no, I don't want to go kaboom. Do you want to be an accountant? And just like, yeah, I don't want to sit in a box. Like, is there <laughs> are there any jobs that I don't sit in a box and someone like looks over my shoulder telling me that I'm not doing well enough in my box all day? Oh, cubicle I world. I do don't love that at all. No, but <laughs> now you no, I, I for someone that has done it in, uh, for a while, it's it's I hate it. Um, but here you are now technically sitting in a box. Uh, but uh, that's books. true. <laughs> it's true. It's a freer box. This the issue with the box isn't so much that it's a box. It's right. that there's a man standing on the outside of the box watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually with with audiobook narrators and stuff like that, it's usually a cat or a dog saying, is it feeding time? Oh, Crockett is so <laughs> mad that the, that the door is closed right now. My dog is, is I Aww. promise you. I don't. I think he thinks it's personal when I go into the booth. Yeah. <laughs> like human, why must you have alone time? Do you not yeah, love me anymore? Why do you go into that one small room? We have this whole house to hang out in, and you yeah. spend half the day in that tiny little room. You, you hate me. You clearly you, hate, you me. hate me. You hate me. Yes. I think. How do you poop in there? You know, it's probably also what they're wondering. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I know. I get my dogs too. They're like, why, why, wait, why can't I come in here while you're, why? And I'm like, because I'm recording. Yes, I have these conversations with them. And <laughs> they don't, they just look at you with a literally puppy set eyes. And I'm like, sorry, love you. Bye bye. I'm going to go talk to Tyler now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Crockett is a 180 pound golden retriever and Aww. he would sit here and be the perfect little boy, but there's no room. There's yeah, literally see? no room for another person to be in here. You know? Yeah. So he would probably be advocating for a bigger booth for you then. Cause you know, just a little more, a little leg room there for him. I, well, he's going to be upset <laughs> about that when we move into the ambulance. So. Oh he's no. Gonna, <laughs> he's not going to get let more room. He'll spend more time outside. That'll be nice. Uh, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting again, from a career perspective, this is something that you can do whether you move you know there's studio space that you can rent out if you're if you if you're in that moment where you need to go record something but the studio's not ready for you at the house it's it's uh yeah what i am do i am building out an ambulance to a tiny home with the solar and the whole thing and i'm gonna put a booth in it and i'm gonna work from the road so wow so you weren't kidding when you busted out with ambulance you're like 
No, I, I own an ambulance that I'm that I'm renovating into a little tiny home right now. We're wow. wiring it up. We've got it all stripped down. We're going to do the whole thing, man. Man, So I've heard of the small houses as far as like buses, you know, like school buses, which mm-hmm. in your case would probably be like, like, fuck you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PTSD. But, just right, every time like, I go no. to my, my, my house, I get triggered. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I've never heard of an ambulance being used. Yeah, they're cheap. They're really well maintained. They're designed to protect the people inside of it. Um, uh, they're big square boxes, uh, but they're not as long as a bus. So you could park one potentially in a parking place. So it's, it, you know, the advantage, you know, big diesel engine will run thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not a million miles. Wow. So, Get to see the country travel, still recording, get money and that's work. That's exactly, exactly nice. it. I'm going to see the country and make money. And I could not be more excited about it. That sounds like fun. You're going to have to give us a tour. To like a bit oh, of a video. Once of it's all course. set up and done, you have to give us a, you know, behind the scenes kind of a look of what it looks like I'm to record now. I'm on the whole YouTube channel thing and do that whole, I don't, I'm, I, it would be very synergistic, I feel like, with the narrating. But uh, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, you know, I, I always suggest people when they when they think about stuff like that. I'm like, just record it, just for the sake of recording, even for your own sake. Later on, a couple of years, you're like, look what I did. You know, uh, it's and the then, editing that gives. Is, yeah. I'll record all the stuff and be so charming on the camera or whatever, and uh, and then it's like I got to sit down and edit this into something watchable. I know, right? And that's that's where the block hits me. I'm just like, yeah. I'd I know. I'm in the same way. I'm like, that's why I have an editor for the podcast now. Because I'm like, I love y'all. I love talking to y'all. But in order to edit, I have to listen to us again. And I'm going, no, God, what else I could be doing instead? So that was the worst part of starting off uh, with the with the voice acting is you'd read this book four times. Now, no matter how good the book is, by the time you're on your fourth run through of it, you hate it. (laughs) because <laughs> like, you at first uh, you know you're you're reading the book to start with you're doing a the quick prep. read through yeah prepping it and then you get in the booth uh and i i personally like to do a quick read through the chapter like read it out loud so it's fresh in my brain it makes the reading of the chapter go more much more smoothly for me ends up saving me time in the long run so that's the second and third reading and then i had went back when i was editing my own books I I now I have to listen to myself for a fourth time read the book again and I don't care if it's Dickens at the Hemingway <laughs> I don't care who your author is I hate this book at this point <laughs> yeah so, and also so the really self-criticism I'm sure oh know? yeah and listening to yourself was yeah and not ha- wanting to go back in the booth and re- uh-huh. record every six lines which you would then have to stitch in and ruin the recording anyway you just yeah. It's it it is a minor nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one thing I think every uh, narrator has in common is after a while they're like either I give you the raw files to the production house and they're not doing any of the editing, or they hire an editor to do that side of things because they're done. I'm uh, there. Yeah. I'm there. I would rather <laughs> I would rather just not do the book. I'm not. I can't do that anymore. No, it's just a lot of also time spent because now you're editing the the book that you just finished recording, where you could be also then recording another book. Right, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this book is probably this podcast is aware, but we get finished per finished hour. 
So it's not like we don't get a regular hourly rate. If I'm in the booth all day long, but I spend all of that time on my phone on TikTok, I don't get paid anything being in the booth. I have to make content to be paid. So that I so I think that can be a little confusing when we talk about m numbers and we throw out like those big numbers, like 150 per finished hour. Well, when I first started off, it would take me almost six hours to produce that six hours is a slight exaggeration, but way a long time between prepping, pre-reading, reading and editing to get that hour long worth of content. Yeah, it takes me a lot less time now. But starting off, it was I was making minimum wage, essentially. Oh, yeah, because they say for every hour of finished recording that you get, it's about two hours Two to three, three depending yeah. on yeah, depending on the book genre and your comfort level within it and stuff. With my romance stuff, if it's a pretty at like you know my regular got voice that I use most of the time, and it's not an overly complicated plot, and there's not a ton of different accents and characters, I can hit close to two to one. But if you put me on a fantasy, and I'm having to look up Mirad Tillanelrofillin and its pronunciation every three words. He's talking to Palaglarielliel or whatever. Like mm. that's gonna take a lot longer for me to get through it. Yeah. And that's again not including the the prep work that you did to be able to figure out that those are the characters that you're doing Ex and talking yes, yeah. and, and what accent that would re require and anything like exactly. that. So yeah. So that's when when people say again for those that might not have listened or know about that per finished hour means if the when you go to audible and it tells you eight hours that's what they're getting paid for it's just the eight hours it could take me anywhere between 16 and 24 hours to record that 18 that eight hours but i'm only getting paid for the eight hours just a business little insider business there <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's math involved and it's just a lot of things and that's also where sometimes other narrators are having a higher rate also depending on how long they've been in the industry and what they do mm -hmm. That covers some of the over overhead costs as far as hiring someone to do the editing and all, and even some people that do the prep work. I have someone in our narrative that hires someone to do the prep work for them so they don't have to. So they just get the finished notes of like, okay, so Absolutely. I'm doing a French accent in chapter five, a Canadian accent in chapter eight, and the Russian accent in chapter 12. So it's not a surprise. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm just below that level. I don't haven't yeah. hired preppers yet, but I do. I will build in. If you're going to make me hire an editor, I build that into my rate. Yeah. Which, I, th yeah, I mean, I think so. that's with any kind of company, with any kind of, you know, third party vendors, what we like to call them in corporate world, yes. you know, so like, yeah, I have to hire a third party vendor. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but it works out. It does. It does. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it's business. We all have to look at it from that perspective. And it's a it, yeah, those those uh, emails can be a little awkward when you're oh, like, yeah. oh, when you're like, I quoted 250, but I thought you were taking care of the editing. I mean, yeah. 350. Yeah. 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 Those are, those have been some of the panels I've been on lately about things you should all talk about before finalizing that off. Mm -hmm. I'm getting better <laughs> at all of these things. Yeah. 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 I'm getting my contract. I, you know, experience leads to wisdom. So. Oh, absolutely. Trust me. It's, it's ever that, that like from an author's perspective, if the, the, you know, if they look back at that first book that they ever wrote and, and published. It'll probably get redone a few times though oh, after I'm 10 years. I'm so glad my first three books that I recorded are are have been taken off of Audible. Completely. See, so I it think is, every narrator oh has that, my that, God, that thought. Oh my God. Yeah. I know Sebastian <laughs> I York has. I know I think Shanice has mentioned some stuff like that. Even Joe. I mean, they're always anybody at first when we first start anything new. 
We're new. We're green. We learn. Yeah, and you know? I was, gr- I, oh my God. And I was doing my own editing and I had no, there's clicks <laughs> in it and repetitions. <gasps> this is before I was punch and roll, right? So then I have a little, uh, Eric, can you hear that? Yeah. That's a flashlight I would use as my clicker. And you would there... use a flashlight? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A broken flashlight. It clicks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually people do the whole snappy thing, like, you know, kind yeah, of like, hey, hey. I, yeah, I yeah. Or <laughs> my favorite, the dog training click clicky thingy. You know, I didn't want to buy anything. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. I just looked around my house and it was like, like what's what broken and makes noise? Flashlight. Exactly. Yay, I perfect. found something. You were it resourceful. Just as easily been a, a crappy drill or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is all. For, there's nothing wrong with being resourceful. Says the girl that's also very resourceful. I will figure it out. Uh, thank so, you. Thank you. Totally. Part I, of totally. to this day, part of my booth is sleeping bags. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's not one thing or another. It's how you insulate it, right? <laughs> right. Hey, it works. Uh, the sound quality gets me work. So if it yep. isn't broken, I don't see why I'd fix it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, not everybody gets at the beginning. I'm like, okay, where are you recording? And they're like, I was in the closet. <laughs> and I lucked out that I had a whole empty closet to devote to thing. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have clothes in here with me. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's always fascinating that whole journey of when someone first starts as a, you know, VO actor, narrator, to now where they're at after a couple of books. And then after 500 books and after a thousand books, you're like going, okay, great. This journey yeah. is amazing. It's it's just fantastic. It's been wildly, uh, it's been great for me. It's felt uh, very affirming in a, as to as someone who has never felt um, professionally affirmed very often. So Yeah. I mentioned the, uh, the prep work and all the accents and stuff like that. The thing is that as listeners, we are suckers for accents. We do love them. Um, <laughs> especially when we're not surrounded by them. You know, like I, like when I travel to Savannah, Georgia, it's like a six hour, four and a half hour drive for me since I'm the one driving. Uh, <laughs> we're and... opposite drivers. Six hour drives take eight hours for me. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, I'm like, I'm like, Speedy Gonzalez in there. But um, it's, it's fascinating. Like the, just the, the little Southern Savannah, Georgia, Versus a you know Atlanta Georgia accent or the you know, Louisville Kentucky and stuff. Um, what are some of your favorite accents to perform? Um, I will as a Texan. I love a good Texas accent. I love to go into the twang and just it comes on real natural for me. It's something that I deal with on a daily basis out here, and uh, so I, I love a Texas accent. What's funny about that is that's the fun Texas accent. But Texas has like five accents. We're, so, yes. we're such a giant place. We have East Texas. We have that East, East Texas twang, which just isn't nearly as sexy as the West Texas <laughs> drawl and like the South Texas sort of like drawl type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, nobody ever is like, when you do Texas accent, you know, like, oh, you mean this one? <laughs> <laughs> you look sexy, girl, you know? <laughs> You know what? That's not what people are looking for. I don't think. Nope, so. nope, nope. That's the fun psychic character. Yeah, that, absolutely. That ends up being the hero in book twelve that they never told you about. Oh, that's the yeah. No, that's the fun thing about those books. When you oh god, that is so real. So often you start on a book and you don't realize it's going to be a series, and they have some tertiary character in there that they describe as a total nerd zero and yeah. so you're like okay obviously this dude talks like this all right hey what's going on in here um and then like six books later they're like the lead romance in a book and you're like what do i do now <laughs> <laughs> what do i 
how do I fix this hole I've dug myself into? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many a times. He's got to mature a little, you know. Mm -hmm. just, I've been working out so that cubs up a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've said that sometimes how we we hear people is different. So how I hear that best friend because I'm the hero at that moment in time or the heroine is different than when someone else oh, is talking. So that's kind of good. Tribute. Yeah, yeah. Was, that's yeah. good yeah okay yeah i got it. i like that thought process yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna adopt that you can totally I, yep i need it yeah <laughs> i'm literally doing a book right now with that where that's literally the case oh. uh, i'm doing the viking mc series heart of steel's already out there's another book where i did heart of steel was my regular just the deep gravelly voice that i do for most of my books uh this is my normal voice for my books. And then the second book was his whisper friend. It was just a little cooler, you know, mm -hmm. real easy going. Third book was my Antonio Banderas accent, which was very <laughs> difficult. I've never had to do a Spanish accent for an entire book, only a secondary and tertiary character. So to pick it up and have to do it for an entire book was a big, big challenge for me. Um, it's one of my favorite accents though. I do love that Spanish accent. And now I got to do Rat. The character's name is Rat. What do I do with that? <laughs> <laughs> he's been the kid, like he's the tech nerd for the motorcycle club. And I have been, did not realize he was going to get his own book. And uh -huh. I have been giving him the nerd voice from the start. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, his friends see him as the nerd, right? right so he's going to yes. play that up, right? Because no one's going to listen to him otherwise. But then when he goes to the club to get a drink, you know. And yeah. then he sees the girl. He comes down here for whatever reason. And <laughs> thankfully, the author has given me that he's been working out in previous mm. books. And so okay. he's been bulking up a little bit. OK, so I'm going to try and play into that some, too, where mm -hmm. that like, you know, he's gaining some confidence. Yeah, he's getting a little bit bigger. You know, mm -hmm. maybe maybe he's he's that voice comes with him a little bit. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's not hanging out with the guys. Right. I think that he's, he's not just, just hunched over a computer playing right. video games as yeah, he, the first he... three books kind of happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what it I mean when it comes down to it. It's like I've I've always told authors, I'm like, when you're doing a series, even if you're just testing the waters in an audiobook for the first one and you have no clue if you're gonna continue, please tell your narrators that oh, you know this that character. Would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. You know, that that peppy you know, best best friend that pops into that one scene at the restaurant that it's like, oh, my God, like for real is going to mm. be the heroine in book four. Uh, yes. <laughs> because yes, that's, that's just so not. Real. <laughs> but I mean, I think they're they're learning to provide a lot of that insight. You guys are learning to ask the questions, too, when it comes down to a New York client about mm -hmm. these things, just because that way you can just prepared. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've noticed that, you know, as I said earlier, experience mm -hmm. leads to wisdom. And the more books I do, the more I, you know, CYA uh, cover my ass and, <laughs> and 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 pay attention to those sorts of things better and better. Um, and yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to borrow it's, that it, one. CYA cover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to CYA this one. OK, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> DYA covers a lot of lot of things and situations, man. Yeah. <laughs> CYA on this one. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be one, especially when it comes down to having some of these uh, conversations. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to see why this one for us. So we're good. OK, yeah. yeah, from your position. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As you were saying, you, uh -huh. some, some people come on here and tell you where they bury the bodies. Yeah, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I I mean, that's something that I, I, I take with great pride in the sense that you guys trust me. I'm inviting you guys to come over to technically like come over to my house for drinks. Right. right. Come over and hang out with me. Um, and so it's also great that that's why, you know, when it comes down to that, you, get a little I don't... Too loose, you know, yeah. you, well, it's, I think there's something about me where people are like, oh, I can trust her. And it's true. You can't, I am a vault. I have been <laughs> still loyal, loyal to people that deserve to have those coffins opened. Um, but I don't say anything because again, I was trusted with the information and, and it's also funny just to bust out sometimes that you do remember that I know how to hide a body, right? <laughs> Listen, we're in, in Texas. We all got land. I'm from Miami, Florida, where we have crocodiles and canals. So oh, there you go. Yeah, and, you go. and farms with pigs. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. That's an entire different genre, right there. Horror, thrillers, mysteries. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I got a mystery coming out soon, but it's hey. certainly not a Texas uh, field burying mystery. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm a grizzled detective of some nice. sort. Yeah. <laughs> so even with romance, there are the, you know, romance as a whole is like an umbrella term with all these subgenres underneath it where you get your, you know, fantasy romance and your paranormal and your cozy mysteries that you also get the romantic suspense where things go kaboom and you're like, God, you're hot. I'm going to make out with you uh, <laughs> and all things like that. Do you have a favorite genre to uh, narrate in? Well, I, you know, it's funny because. I enjoy the paranormal, but I don't do a lot of those books. So I would love to do a fun uh, fantasy or ghost uh, romance type thing. I think just for the amusement of it. But I, those aren't the books that I usually get cast in. So I usually enjoy because it's, I, I have sort of a formula and it's easiest for me. I love an MC romance. Mm -hmm. So I, that's a group of people that I, I ride a motorcycle. So it's a group that I could easily channel. Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Texas but I could tough boy motorcycle riders is like could very totally easy. see you as the shifter bear motorcycle. I literally couldn't get through an audition where that was a shifter bear audition the other day. <laughs> I because I was laughing so hard. I shouldn't say that, but like, <laughs> I, this might be one of those dead body things you need to edit out. But I, I was reading through the audition and he was like, he was talking to this. He was a he's a billionaire bear shifter, of course. Um, <laughs> and he's he's gonna buy this guy's company out, and he's like feels bad, and his bear voice comes on, and he's like, "You shouldn't feel bad. This man's company would go under without you involving yourself." And I just could not help thinking of like, I know it's supposed to be like, "Bro, I'm your bear voice, and you shouldn't worry," but I could not help but be like. Oh, you shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Forest fires are bad. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Smokey the Bear. You know, and I just couldn't. I, I really should have. Uh, maybe I'll go back to it because I think I think I could do a bear shifter. But the bear voice talking to him as another person, like, and That's being so, like, so reassuring and, yeah. like, positive it was just really that weird. i have not <laughs> see usually when the shifters that i've read and listened to are 
they're almost like one in the same. And when one takes over, the other one kind of goes silent. Right. And that so, was kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. And maybe and just he he would say something like my bear side is speaking to me and saying these things. But yeah. for the bear to have his own sort of character voice, I was just like, I'm out. I'm, yes. I'm fully out. <laughs> Well, you, I mean, that's that's the whole thing behind audiobook narrations is trying not to make something into a caricature, whether it's the Irish, you know, the Irish accent now starting start sounding like Lucky Charms, you know, yeah, commercial. exactly. And and the same thing the with back of the mouth. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, and when it comes down to that's like I said, it's an interesting spin. I've never heard the only time I've seen uh, Reddit where it's been the, you know, the shifter animal recognizes their mate and they're like, mine you know oh, right yeah 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 and that's it and usually that's like a lower growly or no, like this dude gets a whole like like business speech from his wow. bear man like <laughs> wow that, that that's yeah see that's a little that was like okay mm, interesting <laughs> yeah yeah do it you I should go back it. though you should go back after this conversation <laughs> with me now and just bust out i'm still and... laughing about it how am i gonna <laughs> It's still funny. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, but that's also, again, goes back to it's an interesting premises, right? And <laughs> from a narrator's perspective, did they tell you that it was going to be a different, you know, technically a secondary character within the same character? Uh, and it so, feels pointed. He's got his own quotation marks. You uh, know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen something like that, but it's usually been more like, on those moments where they want to run and they're the 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 animal shift in them and saying, No, we have to stay and protect. But that's almost like yeah. an inner monologue almost. Not right, an entire... exactly. And it's just yeah. like you just drop that an octave, yeah, put a little extra growl on it, and mm -hmm. boom. But and that's like and that's also like a very vis usually it's a visceral feeling. Like it's like stop, hunt, like these very like mm -hmm. type sounds. And those are easy, but when he's like, but when the bear is like don't feel bad. You're just like, ah, <laughs> no. Bear necessity, <laughs> the simple bear necessity. <laughs> yeah. And then I, so I can, okay. So what do I do with that? Do I make it, don't feel bad? You know, like no. it's just, it's just so. Yeah. See, but that's, right? yeah, totally <laughs> understand that. that I would have been like, so can I come in with the author on this real quick? <laughs> yeah. What's, I just skipped it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I get it. it it's it, that's also where you know that prep work comes into play. Like the reason why I mentioned the Russian accent on chapter twelve is because there's been narrators that have given no accent to that character until there someone mentions the Russian accent, and you're going, "Fuck, there was yeah. a Russian accent." Uh, so yeah, it, it happens. There's always these things. That, uh, authors are getting creative. I mean, alien romance was not a thing until most recently, and boy are they getting creative when it comes down to some of a, the you know i did a an alien romance series you know? uh sinners sinners saints or something like that and yeah it was it was interesting it was interesting it was yeah interesting. There, there's one that uh you know from the multiple body parts to how those body parts are designed and then there's one mm -hmm, that i mm -hmm. recently learned from an author that there's a bit of that mating ritual where they're like engaged or in a relationship and the alien gives the human a kitten. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. I probably would be like, yeah, where do you want to go after this? Because <laughs> it's a kitten. 
That is a huge responsibility to hand off to someone. I, I would know. be mad as heck if someone brought me a full-on animal as just a like, So you just committed me to 13 years of responsibility? Thanks yeah. a bunch. But I think that that's what they're banking on, that you're going to bust out with, listen, you're taking care of this kitten with me now because thanks. You know, that's probably what they're banking on it. You know, who knows? I see. Yeah. I see. You know. Ooh, that's bold. That's bold. That's bold, right? Yeah, there. But, but yeah, but I'm like, okay, there you go. It's probably, again, it's one of those. That is like, either gonna work or not work. Right As someone that was gifted a kitten when uh, my moot um, from Miami to Orlando, and I was, it was from my one of my work peers. They thought it'd be funny and that I would have a like what you were saying, some form of non nice reaction. Um, they gifted me a kitten. I'm like, I'm leaving tomorrow. You know for you know to a different city and stuff like that i have my own animals to, to fence with and now you're busting out with here's a kitten i'm like you bitch um yeah. but uh snickers is kicking in 17 years later adorable and lovely <laughs> so exactly yeah. 17, 17 they years. gave you a 17 year commitment as a and joke. then some yeah it's not funny that no a, that, that joke gets tired man <laughs> it does after a while especially with the intent behind it now but if you yeah. know that i love kittens then i'm you know i and i can have, take care of them and fine that's a different conversation right but yeah but it's an alien that you know as far as their meeting ritual gifts the kitten and i was like okay well that's Fair an interesting enough. spin on it mm -hmm. so we know it's some of your favorites to perform as far as the accents but what about some of the more difficult ones my more difficult accents, obviously, I, like anything that feels culturally inappropriate is just right off the list, whether I feel like I could perform it or not. Um, and so that's difficult. Uh, what's difficult is when those characters pop up, uh, a, a Asian character or an African person pop up who clearly have an accent, but they're just for a few lines. I find that to be a bit of a challenge for me. Like, do I do I do the performance justice and attempt this accent because I do every other accent or do I just avoid this completely? And that that's what I find most difficult as far as actual accents. Uh, I find that my Russian can often move between other accents. If I'm not see, if yeah, I'm not I heard a little bit very, of the, uh, the Highlander yeah, yeah, Scottish there for to, a second. It starts to slip if I don't keep coming back to it. Uh, uh, French can be that way for me, too. That uh, seems like it slides. My cockney will slide into an Australian if I'm not careful with it. Uh, slides is what it is. Like, I, <laughs> if I don't really have a hold on the accent, I will slowly start interjecting other accents when I get confused. Mm. Um, so just trying to, like, fill in that. Because it's all an ear thing. So if I'm not super comfortable with it, I'm just trying to guess. And sometimes I don't guess great. Mm. <laughs> yeah i mean uh, yeah those those are kind of difficult uh i think it's also now with the more years in the industry people are starting to ask those questions of like okay what are your accents that are you proficient in um and I've, I've heard some one narrator says said to them i'm i'm okay with it but if i know you're gonna hire me for it i'll take some coaching <laughs> and i'm like That's not me <laughs> um i try to say like Anything that's like far Western Europe or American, I can do as a main character. The farther east you go, the more it becomes secondary and tertiary characters. And that's in the sort of West, the European uh, realm. So like all the British Isles, 
Scottish and Irish and all of those I can do quite well. Um, and Spanish, right? I've already done that a little bit. All along the coast, French starts to see we get a little more inland. My <laughs> French gets fuzzy. I'm okay with the German. Don't ask me to do a Netherlands accent. I'm gonna sound like the Swedish, uh, the Swedish fish maker from Muppets. And you know, then Russia, I can depending. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I can do it for a tertiary character, like the Mafia Don, mm -hmm. Russian Mafia Don that comes in and goes, where is my butler? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can nail that, but don't ask me to like run a book with a with a main Russian accent. Oh, no. Got it. Hey, we all have our, you know, areas where we excel in others that we're like, no, it's okay. I know another narrative that has a fantastic accent in that yeah, area. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, that, but that's the scary part. Like if it's in a series and you're already signed up for the series, sometimes they just sneak up on you and you just kind of have to like figure it out. You got to start studying up on an accent, which is almost nice because once you, once you master it, you can just put it in the box and be like, all right, now that's something that's the, the Spanish accent. I'd done it for my Dungeons and Dragons games. I'd played a few characters with that Spanish accent. So I, I was semi comfortable, but I'd never had to read a script, which is very different than just making up your own words as you do an accent. Reading a script in an accent is a way more challenging process. Um, and so that was a big growing experience was getting that accent to where it was truly deep enough that I could say any, you know, like the Spanish accent isn't, doesn't sound great with really long words, uh, but learning to get it where it where it does sound really good with that was 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 fun and challenging. Yeah, and sometimes those are some of the things that are like, oh, okay, I'm gonna learn that accent because it's a challenge. And if you're able to master it enough to do it and pull it off and sounding you know as authentic as possible for that accent, it's great. But other times you're going, nope. Not that's gonna what do Dungeons it. and Dragons is for. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I use Dungeons and Dragons as sort of a launching point for new mm. accents. So I'm working on my Kiwi with a character I'm, I'm doing right now because I think this is fun accent. It's fun to do. <laughs> yeah, but not a sexy one for any hour no, book. <laughs> it's not a sexy one, no, not at all, but it, it's fun to do. Well, you can tone it down a little bit and make it a little more sexy if you want there to. You yeah, it's not. It's not like it's impossible to make a Kiwi accent a little sexy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it isn't really for that so much as just to master it. I just, I enjoy the fact that a Cockney, Cockney Australian and, um, and New Zealander are all just, we're just going up in pitch and, and slowing down what we're saying. It's the same accent, mm -hmm. just with a slightly higher pitch and a slightly fast slower way of talking so a cockney's right here isn't it when you're talking real fast coming at you real fast with an accent telling you how it is how it's going to be right australians the same accent it's just a little bit higher and a little bit slower same thing a little bit different and then a kiwi is just a little bit fat, slower than that and a little bit higher <laughs> same accent yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i find all that stuff fascinating and just I could sit here and probably listen to that stuff like that for hours on end. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the thing is you're also having fun. And I think that that's something else too, that we can tell oh, yeah. as a listener when things are fun for you guys and you're excited about it when we're talking about things, even if it's, you know, I mean, not have been the best audition, but it was so fun to do, you know, because you were trying to figure things out. And, oh, absolutely. You know, 
Yeah. And I, I get to have worked, uh, you know, we talked about all the jobs that I've done over the years. I've done terrible, truly awful. I've cleaned industrial waste. That was a job I had for six months. It was awful. I've done survey work where I'm out. It was a good job, but we're talking Texas 110 degree summers out on the highway. I built privacy. Fits. The point of all of that is I am every day the gratitude and thankfulness that I get to wake up and do something that I actually enjoy and pays me decently and I get to take pride in. Uh, like, I think that for me is a, a blessing that maybe not people who have been career actors don't have because it's this kind of idea that they're like, well, it this does suck on the degree that being an actor and anything to do with being an actor could suck. This is not digging an 18 inch fence post hole in 110 degree weather it is nothing like that so it's really not easy for me to keep in perspective my frustrations and irritations because i'm like well i don't have to write uh, a multi-layered lesson plan this week that covers uh multi-step algebraic components and then try to teach it to kids who don't know how to multiply that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i get it Nothing like coming up with an entire, you know, marketing plan and, and you know, plan for stuff to do and then have them say, now nah, we're going to listen to someone that has no clue what they're talking about because they've never been to XYZ. I'm like, sure. I just worked on it for hours for no fucking reason. Great. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Awesome. Love it. I, mm -hmm. With a smile. With a mm -hmm. smile. Yep. It's okay, Mike. I'm going to come over here and do an episode. Um, <laughs> and yeah, podcast. again, this is as much uh, social interaction as I've had in this career. So I don't even have to deal with someone. That's the other thing, like not having the people come in and, and just ruin what you're trying to do on a regular basis. Yeah. You know? like, so There's a lot of it's perks. a little lonely, but mm -hmm. it's I it, it definitely makes up for it with the uh, lack of office drama and that sort oh, of stuff. Oh gosh. That is definitely one thing I do not miss in working with a Fortune 500 company. Um is all that oh, office cure. I like the drama in my books and even then, depending on the yeah. genre, low angst, you know, because I'm like, if you all just talk to each other, speaking to the characters, um, oh none my of God. this romance would be an novels. issue. Romance yeah. novels and just not just saying yeah. the problem to one another. Like, just go back Ugh. and tell him. Just go back. It's so, it's so frustrating. <laughs> and then in our own personal lives, we're like, yeah, I'm I'm mad, but I'm oh, yeah, like you're that I'm mad about. Exactly. As if we're that much better. Oh yeah. yeah. We dictate from our fifth person view what idiots they're being. And meanwhile, you won't go to your significant other and just apologize. I know. Right? <laughs> no. It's the principle of the matter. They should know this by now. <laughs> yeah. They should know the ultimate terrible statement in a relationship. Yeah. They should know this by now. <laughs> they should know. Well, they don't. Don't. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it now? <laughs> so I guess we'll just be mad. That's productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That they're watching a TV show, not talking to each other. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Uh, Gotta love it. Being Things single is hard, but it's not as hard as that. Oh yeah, it's work, man. It's work, but you know when you find the right person, um, I I feel like the answer when when you find the right person, it shouldn't be work, right? Because uh, of your willingness to do the things. In it, the it, times that I've been in love, I feel like it wasn't hard. Nothing was hard because the compromises were easy to do. I wanted to do them. I wanted. Yeah. To, I wanted to fix the problem for them because their happiness was so important. So it Aww. wasn't hard. 
it became hard when the love went away because then yeah. I don't want to do that shit. I want to play my game or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like leave me alone. I'm playing fucking. Well, I'm busy. Yeah, mm. I got problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think also too, it's 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 easier when the relationships first start going on into it. Twenty years later, um, you're going. I still love you, but you're driving me batshit fucking crazy. So go over there and play your game, so you can leave me the fuck alone. Not that I should say anything as the single guy give single guy <laughs> giving relationship advice, smart, smart moves. But yeah. I think like any relationship, it's about sta- establishing pound boundaries and yes. patterns mm-hmm. and then maintaining those boundaries yes. and patterns on both. So if the pattern is I'm going to make sure I do my housework, don't stop on either end, on either yeah. end. Maybe you get used to it. Thing. You're like, what's wrong? Do yeah. Do the thing. Do, don't do the make thing. sure you take it, doing your st- your part of that domestic work and, and boundaries. Don't suddenly start thinking that it's okay for you to, I don't know, poop with the door open. If you didn't <laughs> poop with the door open while you were dating, you know what I mean? Like, if that wasn't okay before, don't pretend like it's okay now. Like, yeah. Things you're never going to hear in a romance uh, book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Real advice about relationships. You know, a lot just make of sure the... you love them. Yeah, Love, love, love. Love conquers everything, man. Yeah. You can just go back to... I When I talk to people about like being frustrated with their significant other or friends or whatever, I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, do, does the, do you care about this person? Obviously, the answer is yes. Do you think they care about you? Yes. So do you think that they wanted to hurt you when they said that? Or do you think it was really, really hard for them to come build up the courage to be able to confront you on something that that they knew you might not take well? And usually the answer is going to be, yeah, it's probably really hard. And if the answer is, no, nah, man, they don't give a shit. Get away from that person. Run. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And if, but if the answer to all that is yes, this person cares for me, it was probably hard for them, then maybe you should listen to what they had to say. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty easy. It, but there's also a reason why romance books are usually the meet cute parts and the, yeah, you know, until yeah, they get not, their yeah, happily ever after. Three. It yeah, isn't 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, it isn't right, 20 years right. later. I mean, as much as a lot of readers are like, well, we want to know what they're up to. You know what they're up to? They're fighting because he left his <laughs> shoes on because the floor again. Because this was again. an incredibly toxic relationship to start with. <laughs> he kidnapped her and oh. uh, <laughs> Well, see, that's the difference to me. It's like, okay, if she's willing to put up with this at the very beginning, what's yeah. going to be her camel's back straw breaking moment of like irritation? 20 right. years later it's like what did you put the body in the living room again it's yeah, dead exactly. you really Come established on. your relationship layers when like you fell in love with him when he kidnapped you You're yeah. like, all right well <laughs> that guy kind of gets to do what he wants in this I relationship know, right? it's like you're surprised about this You're like at this point she's like can we just put it in the you know like basement instead of the living room honey just, yeah you know the kids you know who you're <laughs> well that's the weird part too with them when the women are very like they're these wholesome like small town women and then they get a hold of this psychopath and they're like <laughs> but he loves me yeah he loves me he takes good care of me and the guy's just like in the bathroom chopping up a body and she's like tea baby he makes such great love to me you're just like all right <laughs> that's yeah the, the, the dark romance <laughs> fantasy aspect of things i think it's the whole he would do it to, you know, he will kill for me. For me. Would, yeah. Or he'll do everything but me. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so it's that whole, like, I'll I'm be the honest one that with you. This. That's not how it works in real life. <laughs> and they, and the readers will tell you that, that they know that in real life, they would not touch that with a 10 foot pole. Uh, but for some reason in fantasy, I'm like, well, you know, hey, as long as you know the difference, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as long as there's that boundary. But I'm like, I'm talking also about like that firefighter 
next door neighbor that you know is really nice and sweet and helped you with the yard one time those are some of my favorite books to do yeah right there i love a small town romance mm-hmm. or like a an innocent romance maybe like a reasonable age gap romance mm-hmm. you know what i mean a reasonable yeah. one not a creepy one um <laughs> Like, those are fun and sweet to me because it's like, I understand the hesitation of why, you know, family pressures. Those are real things that genuinely will derail a relationship and and give you great pause. Go, You know, old friends from childhood. Do I ruin this relationship that's always been so good to try and make it something more? That's a real plot line that we've, yeah. that's, we've faced in our lives, some of At us. At one point, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. So and, I, and just the sweetness of it. I really like that, that like the guy's... They both, it's genuine and real. They both really yeah. love each other and they don't know how to express it. That feels fun to me. It's different. I've done like the psychopath where he's just like, you're our property. And I, and eventually he begins to like break. She gets inside of his like dark head and it breaks down and he, he eventually like actually loves her. I'm not a fan of that. I mean, not that it's all fine. I like to get paid, but <laughs> But yeah. I, as far as my enjoyment in reading mm-hmm. goes, I don't like reading that toxic <laughs> stuff, man. Well, I mean, I, I think that's also where it's so awesome that we have these variety of genres and tropes mm-hmm. within romance. So you can have so the reader many. that wants to get into that more psychopathic, you know, reading um, because maybe they have everything great at home. Right, Others, right. I would much rather go for the fire. Theme. I mean, I've read some of the dark romance. There is a limit just because, again, for me, it's about the, the escapism. Mm-hmm. And even though I, you know... When people ask me about my relationship, I'm like, okay, well, here it goes. So he was a front desk, you know, I was a front desk receptionist. He was the academic advisor. So, you know, college situation there. There's an eight year difference. So there's that age gap situation oh. there. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, a student teacher professor because he was also a teacher and I was a student at the, the university at the time. Um, but at the same time, I'm going 20 years later, I'm still fighting with him over the shoes he left everywhere. So, yeah. There's, you know, that some of that escapism when it goes into the the small town romance. It's a little bit of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I kind of I'm familiar with a little bit of that and and everything. And oh yeah, a baker, and he wants to buy the the shop to make it into a whiskey factory. Just, yes, to, that's you know? that's adorable. I that's yeah. the stuff that I I yeah. I like to perform when I get the chance. It feels yeah. very. It's easier to get for me to find that heart place, that genuine like. That it's easier for that guy to get emotional and serious and those kinds of things than it is for like the MC club president who just took out a, a gang of the cartel to like turn around and be like, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a thousand dollar, you know, there's a thousand bodies laying wake right there. Yeah, the yeah. And I came home to each you other in the wreckage yeah. of it. And it's yeah. just like, it probably yeah. smells. Yeah, I was gonna be like, I love you, but you need a shower. You are so uh, gross right now. Oh. Yeah, like let's go get the blood off you first, honey. Thanks. I don't know, but in the books, that's the hot part. Yeah, that's right. Hot, yeah, man, they're but, like, oh. Yeah, but that's also where they 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 again it goes back to the whole for them as a fantasy. They're like, yeah, because in real life, you better put your shoes out there in the front patio. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? Exactly. So it's all that fun stuff. It's uh. Again, one of the reasons why I love the community is just something for everybody, people discovering new things about themselves, whether it's a kink or that they want to start baking because of the whole, you know, whiskey maker taking over the <laughs> baking machine. At this point, I'm like, you guys do know that you guys can work together, right? Like you can have half the bakery can be baked goods. The other half can be the whiskey distillery. And you can I know I'm always looking for a cookie and a scotch. Right. <laughs> 
Well, there are some flavored scotch cookies out there. Hello, you know. <laughs> Bourbon cupcakes are a thing in certain areas. Uh, so why not? Sure. But yeah, it's all fun. So now that you we know that you're looking for that kind of cookie, uh <laughs> <laughs> when you're not working um and doing now the whole ambulance little house thing going on that you're doing project wise, what do you do for fun? Um I I ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm a big outdoor guy. I like to spend extended time in the wilderness. Um, five day plus trips. Uh, what else do I do for fun? I, I'm a guy. I play video games. I try to keep it reasonable, though. <laughs> um, I should, that's probably not the hottest thing to say, but it's just true. I try to. I do really genuinely try to keep it reasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, that's mo- those are most outdoors, Dungeons, Dragons, working on this ambulance, riding my motorcycle. Oh, and I ride a thing called the one wheel, which is kind of like an electric skateboard a lot. I really enjoy oh. that. Yeah, sounds like fun. Yeah, I try to stay active. That's good. You work with words all day with the narrating side of things and also knowing that you are a reader as well. What's your favorite word? Which is separate, by the way, of the favorite curse word, which is the second part of this question. Oh, my favorite word. Oh, man. Well, I love love. I've already said that. I love love. And, you know, uh, I've always, when I think of this question or questions like it, what immediately pops into my head is that scene from Donnie Darko where Drew Barrymore, Barrymore says the most beautiful words in the English language are cellar door. <laughs> I don't know. That's what pops into my head. But Okay. Uh, I do. I love the concept of love. I love, um, yeah, I love, the, I love that idea. Love the word love. Okay, cool. So what about a favorite curse word? Oh, I need a cunt's a good one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when I use that one, you know someone's pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, or it's a fun, when you're doing accents, it's fun to be like, ah, you daddy cunt. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. a fun one to throw at it. Um, obviously, fuck is the literally one of the most impressive words. Just speaking like analytically, one of the most impressive words in any language, the versatility of the word fuck and its you and its uses properly used uses in the English language is truly baffling. So um, that's neat. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, <laughs> but I think that's super neat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So what song do you have to sing along with when you hear it, regardless of where you're at? So I'm talking about grocery store and the frozen section. All of a sudden that song pops up and you're like having to sing along with it. Oh, wow. I Well, I think every friends in low places is your, is that classic white person. Like <laughs> that song comes on and, you know, as a, as a deep bred Texan, I have to, but I have another story <clears throat> it's a little more personal than that. I, uh, in high school, again, I went to, grew up in the heart of Texas. We would not leave assemblies or pep rallies until the entire uh, school uh, sang the entirety of You Don't Have to Call Me Darling by David Allen Coe. Hmm. Yeah, every school assembly everyone would not leave until we sang that entire song it like we did the fight song the school song and then david allen co and then everyone was dismissed so that's fun i sing along with that song pretty much every time it comes on which is rare it's not like people Mm -hmm. are playing a lot of david allen co these days and for good reason yeah Um, 
<laughs> but I do ask this question because it was fascinating because I'm also I always I had someone ask me like why I'm like well it's not because I'm adding these songs to my playlist so when we're hanging out together in person for the first time it just starts playing automatically for no reason oh right? no not my favorite song none of these songs are my favorite songs <laughs> they're the songs that i sing when they come on the radio oh uh mr jones there's one that i really like and i sing along by counting crows mr jones that one i love that song okay. sing along with that a lot cool one of the things I love doing with my guests is the game of two truths and a lie, where you tell me three things about you and we have to figure out which one's the lie, figure out how good of a liar you are. Uh, so if you're ready. Yeah. All right. So yeah. What are... I, I used to lead white water uh, expeditions. I used to be a rock climbing instructor. I used to lead uh, outdoor wilderness guide expeditions. Fuck you. <laughs> you did all the stuff that are outdoorsy. Now he's got to figure out which one he has not done. Jeez Louise, <laughs> sir. Um, <laughs> okay. Which so, one is it? Rock climbing, river rafting, or the expeditions. Oh, my goodness. Um, rock climbing is the lie? No, rock climbing is the truth. I have not been a whitewater instructor. Oh, right. Water instructor. See, that's the one that I actually had, like, starred next to mine. Oh, my goodness. They go with your gut instincts more often. <laughs> I, when I was in grad school, mm -hmm. I worked at the Outdoor Pursuit Center mm -hmm. and I did both of those. I also led expeditions after college, but in college, I led uh, outdoor pursuit camping adventures. And then I worked at the rock wall there and was a rock wall climbing instructor. Wow. Very, very outdoorsy. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that about the time my friends are, Ready to go home is about the time I get really, really into being outdoors. Five days is when I everyone I know is ready to go home. Uh -huh. I start to like all all gears are finally firing for me and I'm really, truly comfortable. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Louise. I'm the outdoorsy where she goes out under the tree and reads the book. Um, I, yeah, that's <laughs> I, me too. I love that, too. I'll go to the park. There's nothing wrong uh -huh. with that. But like yeah. I love I love being literally you know 20 more plus miles plus away from any kind of civilization true wilderness just away you hear a plane and you're like what the hell is that mm. and it's like it's so disturbing and it makes you realize just how much ridiculous noise pollution we put up with on a regular basis yeah and anyway i just i about five days is when I really eight days is when I'm ready to go home. I'll admit, but like okay. five, six, seven, eight, I'm just oh, that's heaven for me. Yeah, heaven. <laughs> heaven. Yeah. No, it's it's. I have yet to do the whole camping, like actual camping. I've done a bit of the glam camping mm -hmm. and staying in in cabins with air conditioning. So that that technically is that is not that not, is camping. not camping, right? So <laughs> one day. <laughs> I feel like it's about finding someone who has the experience because yes. they can really make it a lot of fun. If you and your friends who have never gone camping go, it's going to be miserable. You're going to sleep on rocks. You're not going to be able to start a fire. You're going to eat hot dogs. It's terrible. But if I go, I'm going to have you set up in a hammock. We're going to get that fire started right up. We're going to eat something delicious. And it really changes the experience a lot. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah. See, that's the thing. Knowing that if I was going with other people that have never been camping, I would try to do all the SMEing and becoming that subject matter expert, which is exhausting. And then it's yes. no fun for me. So I, I've yet to find someone. You see, maybe you should start doing like a narrator's retreats with the authors. Oh. I you would know? love that. I would you love know? that. That's that's future plans. That's yeah. Future plans. Yeah. Put so all no, my loves together. Narration yeah. and outdoor and teaching. Holy yeah. crap. Oh, yeah. Holy Talk crap. about a writer's retreats heaven there. Y'all writing about a camping <laughs> ground. Yeah, here we go. Talk to Tyler. We're going to get there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Well, before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Um, I'm currently working on... Uh, for Tantor, a, the Silver Spoon series, uh, which is a, a series of short novellas uh, about a, a MC motorcycle club romance where they're all uh, seemingly very successful. Uh, so it's an interesting, it's not an outlaw MC. They're like good people who ride motorcycles. Hmm. Uh, I also have the Viking MC series that i'm working on heart of steel's already out uh the rest of the series is is coming um i forget the name of it but it's our two other ones are already recorded and will be released soon i'm about to start working on the fourth i just finished having the cowboy's baby uh which is we talked about that one of those hometown really sweet romances I actually really worked, enjoyed working on the, that one. It's got had got to do my Texas accent. Mm -hmm. I got to be a cowboy. I got to win the redhead. I love redheads. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a it was a good book. I really enjoyed that one. And I also just finished Merry Masquerade, which is another novella, which is about a uh, an older couple uh, going through mis miscommunication and almost having a divorce, and then finding. Uh, their kinky side together so kind of cute here yeah that's what I it think. is i know here. the way i say that like, <laughs> yeah i know when you go kink it's like but it is it's very it's a very it's cute the way they yeah, manage yeah. to set it up she thinks he's cheating <sighs> because he's he's at he's doing advertisement for a sex club and so she gets like he's going to the sex club and she thinks he's and it you know and so then they go to a masquerade ball all right, I won't go too far into it, but you know, it's a fun. No, one. but it sounds fun. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sometimes... it really is, and it's a novella, so it's yeah. like it's like a four-hour book. So nice. Yeah, I, I do like it sometimes where you kind of have to rekindle that romance or relearn because we change with age in a relationship. Things change, and and sometimes we don't tell things because we're afraid of how the reaction Exa is. And that's exactly what this book is about, you and know? that's why I enjoyed it. Again, it's relatable. Me being the mafia don. <laughs> I, I don't, I, maybe some people on the East coast can relate to that better, but I just, it's just not part of my culture and it's not something that I can easily be like, yeah, that's something I could get behind. But um, cowboys and, you know, being, doing some advertising for a kink and realizing, Hey, I might yeah, want to try that. All, all of that seems yeah, very sure. relatable to me, <laughs> you know? I, I having communication you. issues in a relationship i don't think anyone cannot relate to oh so. absolutely yeah it's like oh i didn't know we, we could try that oh okay yeah. and that's what, right. exactly they're both like oh that's the end of the book is they're both like oh i didn't know that mm -hmm. you wanted to be a little bit dirty too like, <laughs> dirty. it's like i like it yeah right. <laughs> a, little, a little slap and tickle let's yeah. go <laughs> goes a long way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the thank you. Here's something that on a personal level that I can thank my romance career for teaching me the importance of dirty talk. 
Mm. Holy, I don't, there's probably zero guys listening, but if there are any hey. men listening to this, <laughs> I just imagine that the romance novel podcast pulls in a larger percentage of women listeners. But if there are out. guys listening to me, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Say that nasty, don't call her names, but say the nastiest thing you can think of to her. She, I promise it will <laughs> It helps. Don't call her names, mm-hmm. but say na- tell her to do nasty things. Okay, that is the best advice. You, I it will change <laughs> your sex life. Don't call her names unless yeah. she wants you to. Check first. Right. Check, Check first. first. Yes. Consent. Check on cute. the names things. Sometimes yeah. they like it. Sometimes they don't. You got to make sure. But to start with, no names, and then ask. That's how you do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's For my sure. advice. It's real <laughs> advice. I'm serious. Do that. Yes. No, it's she the will truth. thank you. Yeah. No, it's nothing like, you know, and you don't realize sometimes that you'd like it until it happens to you. And you're going, it's like a whole okay. other level, yeah. especially, especially if your girl be listening to audiobooks because she's clearly a very audio uh, stimulated person. Yeah. So hearing that stuff, dude, I'm telling you, you will, you will cut. This is a little graphic, but you said it's 18 plus. Yep. You will cut down orgasm time in half. Half. <laughs> have to get her there man half as much work you're doing yourself and her a favor mm-hmm. <laughs> well i mean it's, it's statistically speaking and studies have been done that women are more you know audio affected mm-hmm. when it comes down to you know sexual relationships while men are more visual exactly so it just makes sense that when you have a partner that can't and dudes are so scared you. They're yeah. worried about being judged. And I understand or that stuff, because like, silly, you know, yeah. Or them just things. literally laughing at you, which, yeah. hey, man, th- at some point, some some girl will Might. And, yeah. and fuck her, bro. Yeah. But like 90 <laughs> percent of the girls are going to be like, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to tell their friends. They're going to call their mom, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, well, they're definitely call their friends and say, oh, my God, girl. <laughs> Yes. He said my name and how and then he told me what he wanted. Oh my god. He told me to do it and he did not say please. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's those little things. You'd be surprised. A lot of learnings can happen while listening and reading books and romance. Yeah, for romance sure. novels. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. that yeah. And now you're all set up you. for success for your next relationship as well. Yeah, so, well, right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come back to the uh, to the podcast. Viviana did not work. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it works. It works for sex. Relationships yeah. is the is the issue. Here. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I know it's 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 again all good learnings and stuff like that, and then just oh, discovering yeah. new things. But well, I'll tell you, you relationship wise, romance will do- novels will teach you what not. To, all the thing. Don't do anything <laughs> communication wise that they do in a romance novel. Other than the dirty talk, mm-hmm. there's my everything yes, else sure. that do, dude does in that book. Do not attempt. Yeah, do not attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, open lines of communications is a good thing. Otherwise, like in real life, you get a book thrown at you. In this case, try not to kidnap you. the girl you like. They do not <laughs> respond the same in reality as they do yes, in romance novels. That is true. Yep, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yep. <laughs> Very different circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> they, they may like to get surprised and be you know scurried off into an unknown location for a vacation but conversation you know, maybe, you know what yeah. i mean all of yeah. this is communication listen yeah. she may want that she may want you to kidnap her and throw you in the back throw her in the back of the trunk but consent <laughs> is yes. our first step yes <laughs> that's a different kind of kink um and all of the consensual <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> 
CNC, man. I've done some of those books too. Yeah, no, uh, it's uh, again, all learnings. It's all fun. But <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. It's been so much fun getting to know you and you uh, learning all this fun stuff with you. If you're not following him on social media, I will make sure to provide all the links. He's been posting a lot more lately, so that's always a good thing. And you will find all this information on today's episode over at Viviana Enchanters of Books. Until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.